Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback? Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within, combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com. And use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954 MSRP 49,905 excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit. An ambassador for the dogs and broadcasting live from Truist Park every day. All day, every day. It's time for Buck's Beat with Buck Baloo. Welcome back to Buck's Beat. This is episode 73, a Georgia-Tennessee game deep dive. Buck's Beat is sponsored by Mickey Himes and the Get Mickey team at Keller Williams. You're searching or looking to sell in the Lake Lanier Homes Up 400 market. Mickey Himes is an expert looking to win in a multi-offer situation. Would you like to sell fast with a guaranteed offer? Call 678-341-7474 or go to getmickey.com and get the deal done. CBS college football analyst and longtime friend Rick Neuheisel joins me in a moment to break down the big game. It's number one, Tennessee, and number three, Georgia, according to the new college football playoff committee ranking. The record crowd at Sanford Stadium was the Notre Dame game back in 2019 when 93,246 fans showed up. Well, expect to see a new record set on Saturday with so much riding on the outcome of this Tennessee game. At stake, a shot at the SEC championship and a spot in the college football playoffs, baby. It's big, it's huge. This is going to be epic. Georgia's won five in a row over Tennessee by an average margin of 28 points. However, this volunteer team appears to be a lot stronger than the previous five. So how did they flip it so quickly? Coach Heupel hit that transfer portal hard, adding nine players that are getting playing time on both sides of the ball. They filled in the weak spots, added quality depth, and now when you take a look at Tennessee, they're a team to be taken seriously. By the way, I was so impressed with the Bulldogs' win over Florida and Jacksonville. Now, I keep hearing a lot down at the coffee shop about how the Gators took charge in the third quarter and made a game of it and how Georgia should not have allowed that to happen. And I've never really understood the fans that expect to see total domination each and every Saturday. As a player, man, you condition yourself to expect a fight, especially in the SEC, minus Vanderbilt, that is. The other teams are handing out scholarships, too. Did you realize that? Most SEC games involve some give and take. I mean, you make a play. We make a play. It's a tug of war, a survival test. 
and experience tells me that a team that a team improves more. They get stronger with hard-fought wins than in blowout victories. Great to see Jalen Carter get back in there on the D-line. He was mixing it up. But it was so disappointing to see Nolan Smith go down for the season. And one other thing you might have missed, offensive tackle Amarius Mims, who's been rotating in for Warren McClendon this season. Man, he got some extended playing time, and he was awesome. Mims was dominating, and Todd Monken took advantage of Amarius and that dominating play by, by incorporating the tight end bunch formation next to Mims. They ran it right behind the bunch in Mims, and that wrinkle unleashed that run game down in Jacksonville. And then Mims got rolled up on and left the game with a knee injury. Hopefully that is not too severe. Look for more wrinkles from Monken against the Volunteers. Now, as far as the Nolan Smith injury goes, it appears as though there's there's a huge drop-off to the next guy up. Who might... Who might that be? Well, uh, M.J. Sherman, Chaz Chambliss, or freshman Marvin Jones Jr., they all have a chance to claim some of that playing time. And and maybe uh, Robert Beal helps cover it up, getting more playing time at that outside linebacker spot. Joining me now is CBS College football analyst Rick Neuheisel as you get ready for the Georgia-Tennessee showdown. And, Rick, I tell you, everybody around here is talking about that volunteer offense and Hendon Hooker and, and Heupel. In the real story is the turnaround of this Tennessee defense. How have they been able to do it? Well, they absolutely looked the part this last weekend against Kentucky. But before we get into this monumental game, you know, one versus two in the AP, one versus three in the college football playoff poll, I want to know from the great Buck Ballou, your favorite Georgia-Tennessee story? Well, it's Herschel Walker's first game, 1980 National Championship season for us. We come in at halftime, come in at halftime, and we're down 15 to nothing. And Mike Cavan, our running back coach, I hear him talking to our offensive coordinator, and he's saying, we've got to get Herschel in the game in the second half. He only had a couple of touches in the first half. And the coordinator says, well, I'm not going to tell Coach Dooley this putting in a freshman uh, in this kind of environment. Well, Cavan says, well, if you won't tell him, I'll tell him. And Cavan walks directly over to Coach Dooley and he says, Coach, we've got to put Herschel in the game to start the second half and give him the football. And Coach Dooley said, put him in there. And, you know, the rest is history. Herschel with some big runs there in the second half, and we come back and get that that victory and flew home. Man, I was thinking, man, this is going to be fun this season, baby. Like a running back for a quarterback. Nothing uh, sets up play action. And you brought up two great names. Uh, Mike Cavan and I are good buddies. We've played a lot of golf together at Pebble Beach. Uh, wonderful guy. I know I see him on the sideline with Georgia. And how about the great Vince Dooley? Uh, we lost him this last week, but gosh almighty, what a great ambassador for college football. And I said this on CBS last week uh, when the news broke that he was uh, he had passed. I said he had a love affair with the University of Georgia, a love affair with Athens, Georgia, no question about that. But his love affair with Barbara what was, was the most fun to watch. 
because she was the belle of the ball wherever they were, and he just sat and admired. It was really kind of a cool thing to watch. Yeah, Coach was really good to me, uh, a guy in, of integrity. Uh, promised that I'd be able to play baseball four years and, and lived up to that promise. And, Rick, we all love Barbara. Barbara was so awesome with the team, uh, loving on everybody. Just our heart goes out to the entire family dealing with their loss. And, and he's never going to be forgotten in this part of the country. Well, he shouldn't be. He's, uh, he's a legend in college football history, and certainly uh, George is lucky to have had him. All right, so this this Tennessee defense, Rick, is it just the cornerback play that is different than earlier in the season? I saw where uh, this past weekend they they had turnage, the Alabama transfer come in. He had two interceptions at corner, and they moved Slaughter, the safety, to the other corner, and he was locking down too. Has that been the big change in this Tennessee defense? Obviously, when you when you're 129th in pass defense, which they were just a couple of weeks ago, you can you can have some improvement. But what's really been uh, on display with Tim Banks's defense from the get go is they're not going to let you beat beat them running the football. You know that's an old football axiom. It's why uh, Mike Taffin wanted Herschel in the game in 1980. You know, you can run the ball, you can control the game. Uh, And if you can't stop the run, you are basically just borrowing time until the outcome is decided. And they have, you know, sold out to be aggressive against the run. They've given up some big plays. Maybe these moves to, you know, getting some cover guys in position where they can make plays. The return of Jalen McCullough after the uh, arrest, you know, is going to help solidify that back end. But at day's end, if they're going to beat Georgia in Sanford Stadium in Athens, Georgia, they're going to have to stop the run. They cannot give up 270 yards like they did last year and only be able to run for 55, which were the numbers a year ago when Georgia went in there and dismantled them 41-17. Defensive line looks a little deeper than it was a year ago. They seem to be rotating about 8 to 10 guys in their own defense. Linebacker looks pretty solid. Uh, Georgia's offense in for a little bit of a challenge. And, Rick, the thing I don't get, we saw Missouri come up and get after Georgia, playing some press man coverage out on the edge and, and got some pressure on Stetson and really slowed that, that Georgia offense down for three quarters until the Bulldogs woke up and came back and got that win. I've seen no other defense do that. Are we going to see that Saturday? Because Georgia at X wide receiver, and uh, back in our days in the USFL, Rick, when you were in San Antonio and I was with Lindy and Fonte in Jacksonville, I learned so much about the – Uh, passing game and the first thing he wanted to do when somebody uh, played bump and came after the offense with more people than than you could block was to get that ball out to the x wide receiver and with mitchell being down most all of the season georgia's had no x receiver to get the ball to that's that's a great point buck yeah the ability to get the ball into your playmaker's hands and if you don't have necessarily the kind of speed that will you know push people back and make them be a little bit fearful then the next way to do it is formation it and to do that with bunching of formations right you call a bunch when it's three a cluster of three a stack when it's a cluster of two 
those are the kind of things that I'm going to look for uh, on both sides of the ball and how they try to confuse defenses. One of the reasons Jalen Hyatt for uh, Tennessee has had, you know, 14, 15 touchdown catches already is they get confused as to who's number one and who's number two from a defensive recognition standpoint. Uh, when you line up a two receivers to one side, as you know, you count from outside in as a defense. I've got number one, you've got number two, and we read their routes and, you know, how vertical they get and who's got whom. Those are the questions that are obviously asked. You don't answer them very well when you don't know who's which. And they do that by crossing uh, their uh, – switching their releases as well as lining up in stacks and uh, creating some confusion for the defense. If A.D. Mitchell's not available in this game, I think that Georgia has to go come down from their average this year of 37 passes a game. I know they've been doing it, trying to keep everybody happy and getting everybody touches, and certainly we're all in awe of the tight end position and what they can do, Brock Bowers and company. But running the football in this game does two things. One, it tells everybody who's still the bigger uh, bully on the block. And number two, it keeps Hen and Hooker on the sideline. That, to me, is going to be the key to the game if uh, Kirby and company can get that running game to be as effective as it was in last year. You know, I thought Todd Monken was holding some things back, uh, did not use a lot of these concepts earlier in the season because the, the end of the season looked like it was going to toughen up a little bit. And we finally, against Florida and Jacksonville, we saw those three tight ends in that bunch formation you're talking about. They ran right behind it. That was very successful. And I would expect to see a few more wrinkles coming from Monken in this game. Let's talk about the other side of the ball, Rick. We got that volunteer offense lighting people up. Hendon Hooker looks spectacular. And I really appreciate the job they do stressing the defense, especially at corner. They're going to run that quick game, that hitch game, where the corner now has to fight off a block and make a tackle. And then uh, the next play's got to cover vertically down the field. They really stress that cornerback position. Well, they do because you're trying to, you know, borrow from Peter to pay Paul. You, you, they get those receivers so wide that you're, you have to declare how you're playing. And in declaring, now Hennon Hooker kind of picks his poison. I can run the ball for the box that we can block, remembering that I'm a ball carrier, so my running back is in essence a fullback at times. I can say if you're trying to steal a defender to get into that run seam and not getting to, you're not getting hands on a vertical release of those stretched out receivers, I can make a lot, a lot of trouble for you whether I'm running a slant, whether I'm running the RPO hitch like you talked about, or whether I'm running an in route or a post. And I can change from in to post based on how your safety's playing, as we saw Jalen Hyatt do against Alabama. So this is this is a uh, sophisticated, easy-looking offense, but Hen and Hooker, and how about this, Buck? You and I met each other in Jacksonville when you were playing for Lindy and I was playing for uh, Jim Bates and the, and the Gunslingers. We met in Jacksonville. You were probably 23. I was probably 23. These two quarterbacks that are going to line up in, uh, in Sanford Stadium are 25 and 24. <laughs> These guys are old men. They've been around doing this for a long time, and that, that experience and that wisdom serves them well in their ability to play in these kind of environments and also know all kinds of schemes. 
Yeah, and Stetson Bennett is a guy that still uh, people continue to doubt, Rick, and I don't understand it. He won me over uh, last season with his play, especially in the playoffs, uh, what he did. Uh, totally won me over, yet people are still being critical or, or doubting him. He's playing at a high level. Well, he's terrific. He's going to be one of those guys that will forever be remembered in the lore of Georgia football. But in this game, he cannot turn it over. He doesn't have the same kind of pass rush that they had last year where they sacked Tennant or six times. He cannot turn it over. He cannot give uh, Tennessee a short field. It is imperative that they make Tennessee go the long field, give that defense the time to show the depth that uh, Kirby's assembled in recruiting and make them earn every yard. And I know Kirby's got the offense and the running game to keep that offense on the sideline. You cannot give that offense a shortcut with turnovers. How's this going to turn out, Rick? I'm taking Georgia. I'm taking Georgia just because I believe in the running game. I watched it firsthand when they I was there to cover the Auburn game. And uh, when they got inside the 30-yard line, they pounded them and just absolutely took advantage. Stetson missed some big play opportunities. I know Todd Monken likes to spread the wealth and have everybody happy after the game. Everybody's going to be happy after this, this game with one more point than Tennessee. So just do what's necessary to keep that high-octane offense neutralized. All right, a couple of wild cards for you here before we let you go. Playing quarterback at UCLA, I grew up a college football fan. I followed the Big Ten, the the Pac-8, Pac-12, and uh, really enjoyed uh, watching that style of play. Rick, tell our listener what it was like to be the quarterback at UCLA. Now, I didn't get a lot of time to do it. I just got a few games. I got I was waited around for my fifth year to get the start. But uh, I had a great coach, uh, Buck, in, in Homer Smith. He taught everything. He made it like a class, right? You learned the history of football. You learned how to speak football. It was an English class. And then it, then it became this, you know, math class of, you know, not only geometry of how routes work and how to create one two-on-one opportunities, but angles and all the different stuff. And then he gave you the keys to the car and said, all right, drive it, meaning that you could change the play. And in changing the play, once you knew what was going on on the other side of the, uh, uh, of the line of scrimmage, that was absolute freedom. And it was like putting the top down in a car. You just wanted to drive it fast. And it was a absolute blast. Uh, obviously, Southern California is not a bad place in the world to live. The weather, our air conditioner was the Pacific <laughs> Ocean. It was all good. There were some pretty girls. I know there's pretty girls at Georgia, but there were some pretty girls out there in Westwood too, Buck. Yeah, the best I could tell, those cheerleaders were always cute there at UCLA. Matter of fact, I married one of them. Matter yeah. of fact, I married one of them. So it all worked out just fine. All right, so give us a glimpse behind what you're doing now. I mean, you've done about as much as you can do. You, you've played quarterback. Uh, you've been a coach. Uh, and, and now you're in this media business. This thing is tailor-made for you, brother. You're doing a great job at CBS and that studio show on Saturday. Give us a little glimpse behind the curtain of, of the timetable. Are you flying in on Friday and, and just hanging out for a day or two? How's that working? No, 
no. I, I, we do an inside college football show on Tuesdays on CBS Sports Network, which I encourage everybody to watch. It's a really fun show. It's Adam and Brian, the guys who are in the studio on Saturday, and we're also with Randy Cross, who lives there in Atlanta, and Aaron Taylor. And we talk about all the games, what just happened, what's going to happen. Then we cover some tough subjects, you know, like CTE and concussions and things of that nature. We covered the Michigan-Michigan State uh, incident in the uh, tunnel. We, we, we talk about everything there is to talk about. Most importantly, we have a blast. Most, most importantly, we have a blast. My, uh, I'm on my way to Birmingham right now. I'm actually just landed in Atlanta, Buck. Uh, I'm going to watch my son play in a mid-amateur at the Country Club of Birmingham. Oh, then wow. I'm flying back to uh, New York for the uh, for the show on Saturday. But uh, we have an absolute blast. Encourage everybody to watch. I, I, I'm, I love football. It's been so good to me. Love playing. Love coaching. I love being an assistant coach. I, heck, I, co- I coached Troy Aikman. That's how old I am uh, <laughs> when he was in college. And and now I'm getting to watch him make $18 million doing what I'm doing. I'm saying I must have been a really damn good coach. <laughs> well, keep up the great work. <laughs> Uh, we're, we'll be watching, man, and let's get on that golf course next time you're in Atlanta. Buck, you got it, buddy. That, that's one thing I can still do. I promise you that. Hey, good luck to the Bulldogs. Enjoy the weekend. It's a great weekend for college football. Hey, Rick, thanks so much, man. Earlier this week, I took a look at last year's Georgia-Tennessee game, and, man, I'm going to tell you, that made me feel a little more confident about what might happen on Saturday and the Bulldogs' chances of taking down the number one volunteers. Last year, that Georgia defense stuffed the Tennessee run game, sacked Hooker six times, and forced Hendon into two big turnovers. On offense, Stetson Bennett hurt him with his legs and threw it around with a clean pocket. Also, the dogs ran for 274 yards and 6.7 yards a carry. Yes, Tennessee is much improved from last season. And Georgia may not be as strong as they were a year ago, but... Telling you, man, I'm going into this one still feeling confident. I like Georgia winning the matchup 40 to 31. That's going to do it for this episode of Bucks Beat. Thanks for checking it out. Subscribe to Bucks Beat and get the latest updates every week from the most connected guys in Georgia sports. Follow Buck at BuckBaloo8 on Twitter and check out all the fan podcasts at thepodcastpark.com. Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback. Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within. Combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com. And you Use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Peachtree Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954, MSRP 49,905, excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit. 
The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out (sighs) or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing, or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com. 